On this episode of Market News with Rodney Lake, we're going to cover pricing power. This is an update from a live show in February. We're also going to talk about the Fed's decision to raise interest rates by 25 basis points and the impact on the markets. Here we go. Thank you for joining Market News with Rodney Lake. This is a regular show of the GW Investment Institute where we discuss timely market topics. I'm Rodney Lake. I serve as Vice Dean for Undergraduate Programs at George Washington University School of Business. I'm also a teaching instructor in finance and the director of the GW Investment Institute. The GW Investment Institute teaches students at GW how to think about investing and how to invest. Undergraduate and graduate students learn by doing. They serve as analysts and portfolio managers, managing approximately $8 million in university endowment funds across four student investment funds covering equities, real estate, and quantitative investing. We also teach a class on venture capital. The GW Investment Institute shares market insights and research and links students to industry and industry professionals. As a disclaimer, this program and its content contain general information and are intended for discussion purposes only. The GW Investment Institute is not, by means of this program or its content, rendering accounting, business, financial investment, legal, tax, or other professional advice. This program and its content are not a substitute for such professional advice or services. Before making any decision or taking any action that may affect your business or investments, you should consult a qualified professional advisor. The GW Investment Institute shall not be responsible for any loss sustained by any person who relies on this program or its contents. Welcome back to Market News with Rodney Lake. I'm your host, Rodney Lake. On today's agenda, pricing power. What is it? Examples of pricing power that are in the news currently. We'll talk about the economic environment and the Fed's decision to raise the interest rates. So let's get started. Pricing power. So Warren Buffett, many people know him. I admire him as an investor. We're big fans. The single most important decision in evaluating a business is pricing power. If you've got the power to raise prices without losing business to a competitor, you've got a very good business. That's Mr. Buffett. So, you know, it's super important. And it's even more important during these times of inflation. And we'll talk a little bit about that. But to maybe give it a further a specific example here, and one of the larger holdings uh, for Mr. Buffett is Apple. You know, can Apple raise prices? So if if input prices, for example, go up 10% on Apple, can it protect its margins, uh, its net margins, and starting really with the gross margins? Can it protect those? Well, what, what does it have to do? It has to raise prices by 10%. Can Apple do that and not lose business, as pointed out in the quote to competitors? So if you're an iPhone user, are you going to switch to Android because prices went up 10%? I would say probably not. And I think that, you know, that gap there you know, that's pricing power. And the intensity of which companies have pricing power is not, you know, uh, infinite. And it's certainly determined by the strength of their brands, the moat around their business, many different factors. Apple's, I think, is quite large. The, the moat around their business is quite big. The switching cost is probably very high for people. 10%, probably not going to switch. 20%, maybe they'll consider switching. 30%, we don't necessarily know until we see that play out into the market, but I would give Apple very high uh, pricing power strength. Uh, now, what's the opposite of that? So a company that's a price taker. So think of a commoditized business. So any commodity you can think of, oil, gas, agricultural commodities, metals, minerals, any of those commodities that are not, uh, you know, have, have no brand, are very fungible, you can switch one from another you know, that really has no pricing power and is really a price taker. Now, that can be useful during an inflationary period for other reasons because those, those products tend to go up. 
but they're not going to have pricing power by themselves. It's going to be more determined by the economic environment uh, behind them rather than the ability for the company to say, I'm setting prices. And if I think my inputs are going up because raw materials are going up during an inflationary period, I'm going to pass those on. So Apple would be a great example of, of that. So just a little bit more about pricing power. UBS has a good uh, research around this. What you know, sectors actually have uh, pricing power. So think consumer staples and consumer discretionary, uh, but also think the, comp you know, the ones that I mentioned that don't have it. So that would be industrials, materials, energy. Those things are not going to have it. So you really also want to be thinking about you know, the sector and then the specific companies. You know, again, if it's a commoditized business or a commoditized industry, as an investor, especially during inflationary periods, you want to stay away from, from those uh, types of companies. The next thing just to think about is, you know, what does that translate into for returns? So UBS did further work here around how do these companies that have pricing power perform during inflationary periods? And they tend to be a source of outperformance during those periods. Uh, and we can talk more about that and what we're seeing in some of these examples. But they tend to outperform, again, during inflationary periods when they have this ability to pass on uh, the price increases. That Intuitively, that makes sense. So let's get into a couple of examples of this at work in the news. Uh, so number one, Chipotle. Chipotle CEO, uh, if you look up the transcripts, has a quote in there that they think that they have pricing power and possibly better than anyone else. I'm paraphrasing here. But that would be a great example of pricing power. The cost to make a burrito has gone up 10%. They have passed on the 10% increase uh, to consumers, and consumers are paying it, and they're not switching uh, to other burritos. They keep coming back and buying Chipotle's burritos, and burrito bowls, or whatever you like. The point is, uh, the demand has remained constant, possibly increased. Pricing power is there. Further, just a couple of uh, snapshots here. You know, revenue rose 22% uh, during uh, the last quarter. Um, and, you know, same-store sales increased 15%. And they're planning on raising prices again. So, again, Chipotle would be a good example right now. Something that's in the news, has pricing power. Input prices have gone up. They're passing those on to customers. Procter & Gamble would be another company where people uh, might not think of, but when you start thinking about the products, you start thinking Tide as, as one example. Well, if the price of Tide goes up, many people are not going to switch. They're not going to switch to a competitor because they think, well, Tide is the only thing that gets my clothes clean. And right now, they have been able to pass on that uh, price increases. So their input, their raw material prices have gone up, and Procter & Gamble has increased the price to consumers and consumers have been willing to pay that increase and they're not switching and they're not going down brand. Uh, there's a quote also in their transcripts here from their CEO talking about, you know, at this point, they, you know, are typically seeing uh, in the past people switching to private label and switching down uh, in, the, in the product categories. And really, that's not happening right now. So, again, another company, Procter & Gamble, Tide would be the, the first example that I'm using here that you're getting good uh, pricing power with that. Next would be Walt Disney. So Disney has a great brand, has a great moat around its business. If people want the Disney experience, whether you want to go to uh, California or Florida, you're not going to be able to replace that with another park. If your kids want to go to Disney World, for example, you're not going to be able to say, let's go to this, you know, seven, you know, six flags or whatever it happens to be. And it's going to be equivalent to Disney. It's not, they know it's not. So, but despite the rise in room rates and the rise in ticket prices, they have seen demand coming back very strong uh, in the living with COVID environment. So again, Disney, another example there. So 
you can already see some of these factors that are included in, in these companies, which would be a great recognizable brand. I mentioned Apple. I mentioned Tide that's part of Procter & Gamble. And I mentioned Chipotle. People seek these companies out. People want to buy their products and they're willing to pay up for those. And if they raise prices by 10% to protect their gross margins, if their price inputs have increased 5%, now with that example, they've actually increased gross margins by 5%. And so as an investor, that's great news for us if we're invested into these companies. Uh, we're not advocating investment into any one company in particular, including these. But that's the point here about protecting uh, those margins. Another example here that this is just recent. So... Uh, one of the analysts from Morgan Stanley uh, wrote a report here, Adam Jonas, uh, five takeaways from the Fremont plant tour. Uh, so they, they went and toured the plant out in California, wrote up this report. The second key takeaway was uh, Tesla's demonstrating strong pricing power. Uh, and if you look at, they selected you know, a couple different data points here. But one of the data points was if you just pick the, the basic trim model three, year over year, prices have increased 30% and demand does not seem to be slowing down for Teslas. And so, again, pricing power, 30% increase year over year. Demand is probably rising. We'll see uh, order numbers come out of the first quarter here, uh, but it looks like, at least anecdotally, that demand is doing just fine for Tesla. So another current example of pricing power, uh, their inputs, including lithium, if you're tracking what's happening uh, in Russia and Ukraine, is going you know, off the charts, but they're able to pass along uh, these price increases, that's only one component uh, for batteries, won't get into that. But in any case, their raw material cost is going up, uh, including lithium for batteries. And they're able to pass that along 30% price increases to the vehicles and demand has not slowed down at all. So let's now talk about a little bit about what's happened uh, broadly uh, in the market. So as we've all seen that inflation is, is you know, in the system, uh, and the Fed has been, you know, called to action here to say, how do we stamp this out? And if you remember back, uh, Paul Volcker uh, really had to squash inflation in the uh, early 80s uh, for the U.S. But now we see a, a spike uh, in the fourth quarter uh, of last year, you know, 7.6 uh, percent uh, for the last month uh, compared to the January over January. Um, that, that's a significant increase uh, for um, inflation, the highest really since 1982. So you're talking uh, a couple of decades here, uh, more than a couple decades. Uh, so historic hasn't happened in 40 years. Uh, now we're going into this inflationary environment. So certainly uh, the Fed's going to have to to move, uh, and we'll talk about what they're doing now. So just a couple of things that are that are out there in in the environment. So uh, we've seen an increase in wages, which is obviously can be inflationary. Uh, we've seen these supply chain issues, uh, which companies have had difficulty with because you know, when COVID shut down the world, that really tied up a lot of those supply chains that, you know, were used to running very uh, fluid. But now uh, some of those had to get resorted. Uh, and, you know, possibly it will look different uh, moving forward, but things are definitely on the mend here. And then let's talk a little bit about the Fed increasing the interest rates and the impact on the market. So you have increases in wages here. So wages and benefits increase 4%. Uh, average hourly wages are increased 5.7% in January, year over year. And consumers seem to be more willing to pay for these increases, at least right now. But in general, prices have stayed ahead of wages, which is inflationary uh, and a potential problem uh, for consumers. And we'll have to keep an eye on that. 
Now, let's talk a little bit about supply chain issues. So the Federal Reserve Bank of New York created a global supply chain pressure index uh, to quantify disruptions. They have data going back to 1998, and they're saying that the peak of this uh, index is October 2021, uh, so at the end of last year. And now they're saying it looks like it's starting to get better. Uh, the Financial Times reported uh, from a you know, McKinsey study at the end of 2021 that you know, senior executives uh, for supply chain management uh, had said 92% of the, those that responded said you know, they all took steps to uh, improve the resilience of their supply chain. So, uh, for example, they increased inventory. They obtained raw materials from different uh, sources and multiple sources. And so uh, diversifying their supply chains and making them more resilient. So you can see that COVID has had a significant impact on uh, the way that this world's looking. So just this week, the Federal Reserve approved uh, the first interest rate hike in more than three years uh, for 25 basis points. Some of this data is from CNBC, just a shout out for them. Thank you. The Fed approved the 25 basis point increase. Uh, that's since December of uh, 2018 that that has happened. Uh, they indicated an aggressive path ahead. Uh, and, you know, they're going to be uh, six meetings uh, that remain in 2022. And many people expect them to rise uh, the rates at every uh, one of those meetings. And so um, we'll have to see how that goes. So, uh, you know, the benchmark was set uh, anchored near zero. Uh, and now you're taking, uh, taking the range to uh, 25 to 50 basis points. And so we'll have to see how this unfolds. Again, uh, many are predicting that they're going to raise at every meeting this year, uh, uh, this meeting and the six more that they're going to have. So we'll have to see um, how that all turns out. So, again, um, what's the impact on the markets here? Well, uh, in the short term, uh, the inflation is not going to be quelled by a 25 basis point increase. But certainly if the market's being telegraphed to say, hey, uh, the Fed is taking this seriously, they're going to be raising interest rates uh, for the next six meetings, uh, that's going to start to be priced in. They're not going to price it in after, they're going to price it in before. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. Now, some of these growth companies that took a big hit possibly are, are, are getting some footing right now because people are getting some certainty around what the interest rates are likely to be. They're going to be the biggest impacted because they have the, the most to lose and gain from that type of environment. The discount rate used, which is the 10-year, uh, generally speaking, for the you know how you discount the future cash flows, um, you know moves inversely. So as rates go up, uh, the present value goes down and, and vice versa. So but now if you have, okay, there's some certainty around that, and we know what that looks like when the economy is still growing, we're not going to kill the economy. These growth companies um, can uh, do well and will do well into the future. So their valuations settle down a little bit. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of factors going on in the market right now, not the least of which is Russia attacking Ukraine. And what's, what's the fallout from that going to be? Uh, because it's still uncertain how that's going to turn out. Uh, everyone's hoping for a quick de-escalation uh, of, of that attack, but it remains open and we'll have to see. Certainly, you know, our hearts go out to the people of the Ukraine uh, for their situation. For the market is what we're focused on is, you know, how do we uh, anticipate uh, further disruptions uh, from the sanctions associated with that? Again, I mentioned lithium, which is connected to uh, uh, not lithium, excuse me, nickel, which is connected to batteries. That's going to be, you know, an uncertain setup right there. Uh, and prices, you know, had been, you know, going limit up and they had to resort how the, the London Metals Exchange uh, was, you know, uh, handling trades. Most of the 
you know, nickel that's traded or on long-term contracts, probably something like 70%. Um, so it, it has an impact certainly what the spot market is, but it's not as significant as uh, the long, uh, long-term contract market. Moving forward, where do we go from here for the overall market? Well, as interest rates increase, hopefully it puts a tamp down on inflation. Uh, the growth metrics for the economy generally look good otherwise. Uh, and a lot of these companies continue to do well. So if you're looking at the earnings uh, for, you know, pick the different companies, uh, a lot of these uh, earnings are coming in, uh, you know, and, and with strength. Uh, and again, companies have good balance sheets, uh, which is one of the things that we focus on at the Investment Institute. So if uh, we're in a good cycle there, uh, we have good balance sheets, not for everyone, by the way, but for a lot of companies, certainly high-quality companies, and we have uh, a growth forecast here moving forward, and these companies can grow into some of these valuations. Well, maybe the market um, is going to do just fine over this next year. We'll have to see. Again, many variables, and we're not, we try not to predict uh, the market in any case. What we're trying to do is find the best companies and invest in those companies for the long term. I want to say thanks. Uh, stay tuned and stay connected to the Investment Institute. Um, we're on social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Uh, find our website and please read our blog. Until next time, thanks again.